Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shannon, from Can We Talk Sports. I'm here with my host. Hey, it's Karen. Oh, my goodness. Kawasaki, I miss you. Okay, I had to yell her <laughs> name out. She's not on the show today. So usually when I do that, she goes, Kawasaki. <laughs> we are here today. Listen, listen. What's up with this Dallas weather, y'all? Okay, so the forecast said rain until next Sunday. <laughs> Then I go back and it goes sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. Wait, what? what <laughs> it's like, wait, 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 hold up. I'm thinking, I'm like thunderstorms all week. I was like, yes. And then it was like sun, sun. So I was like, yes. Karen, only in Texas, right? Were you in only Texas? Only in Dallas, only in Dallas, Texas. Only in Dallas. You only just Dallas. never know about the weather. You just never know. Never know. Never know. One minute you can go out, it's like 95. Next minute you go out, it's 46. Like, right. seriously. Right. Like, you know, but anyway, so that's, that's crazy. So what you got going on? Did you get your answer barbecue yesterday? What was it? Oh, I was going to say Memorial Day. Day. Memorial Day. No, my yeah. husband did. Listen, listen, this joker made some ribs. They was falling <laughs> off the bone. They was so good. We was, we was all full. So he did ribs. He did corn. I did vegetables and the baked beans with the barbecue sauce. Man, we was laying around here like, uh, we was all oh, full. Yes, it was good. So my husband did too, and then I went over to somebody else's house to do their taxes, and they fed me, and they must have put brisket and links. And me and my granddaughter, we were just like, oh, this is just too much food. It was, it was just too much. It yeah, was it was some good food. It was some good food. I, I tell you I what, I gained twenty ten pounds yesterday. There is never a empty plate in this house. Like, there's no leftovers. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, because I got all these guys, you know, I got what, how many athletes in this house? Wait, five, six? Right. Because my son has a guest here. So yeah, there's, there's food does not stay in my house. I know. Please help my food bill, y'all. <laughs> noodles. For who? For who? <laughs> for, them, for them boys. <laughs> Girl, they look at them noodles like they like. Really? Are you serious, Mama? Are you are you for real? The noodles is the noodles are still in the cabinet. <laughs> and then, you know what's so funny? And I and I'm I'm proud of them. I love them, but they eat up my yogurt. You know how some kids don't eat Healthy like yogurt people. or my vegetables. Salad, we fight over salad. Can you believe that? Oh, that's wonderful. They, no, what you mean? Salad, that's great. I mean, that's my salad. I hate vegetables. But so that's my but salad. Still. That's, That's my good, healthy food. Get your I, would rather from the, <laughs> I would rather from the fight over the salad than fighting over the cookies and the ice cream. Oh, we actually, the salad, it's like I can't keep salad, right? Smoothies, oh my gosh, can't keep a smoothie in the house because I make them. So the smoothies, the salad, um, you name it, it's gone. Well, And then they always want my stuff. And I try <laughs> to get stuff that I don't think they'll eat. Yeah, okay, whatever. I'm like, man. So look, me and babe, you eat anything. Me and babe got a high food in the bedroom in the closet. 
Y'all laughing. Wait, where I'll be going in there. And then this is what make me so mad. They leave a box in there empty. So you <laughs> right. you're about to go get a pop tart. You put your hand in there and that box is empty, right? <laughs> And then in the refrigerator, you're like, oh, there's another soda. You're going, you be holding the box up like, are you serious? Could y'all have thrown the box away? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go, who had the last one? I don't know. I didn't have everybody. Nobody. <laughs> right. knows nobody. Knows and you go upstairs to can right there sitting on their nightstand. And I just be like, yeah, help the food bill. Y'all help the food bill around here. <laughs> tell you what. Athletes, is, they can eat. They can eat. They can so. eat. And I feel and I know, I know. And all, you know, and with this COVID, it didn't help. Cause you right. know, right now they'd be in school. So your right. school bill be low. A little less because they eat little- school. But no, it's straight you. Bologna, hot dogs. We spent four, almost five hundred dollars on food. Oh, wow. Yeah, we went grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all yeah. need a Sam Club or Costco. So what they, yeah, we, we do, we try to buy bulks, but I'm Karen, come on now. You see what I have here. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I I cooked all processed food. I cooked spaghetti and barely had the meat in there and have enough noodles to try to stretch it. These athletes don't, they don't, they eat like, and Jordan, oh my God, Jordan, I'm like, yeah. Four, two, I mean, they eat, they pile the spaghetti, they pile their food. It's just like, really? Yeah. Aren't you supposed to be losing weight during the season? I'm like, off season? I mean, and then when they work out, it makes it worse because they're more hungry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, sports mom. There you go. The life of a sports mom, it never ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I eat? Can I eat something? No. <laughs> Water don't stay. I'm telling you, but I I guess I can't complain. And then they bring all they then they bring their friends. So that I'm just like, let's just feed the whole sports industry, right? Like, right. I can't complain. I love them. So anyway, this is a great show today because we have a special guest. Listen, I she was in the green room. We were talking for a minute, right? So Karen, I'm telling you, she's like she she played QB. You know, professional play uh, football, and and then she played basketball guard, and she is now one of the coaches for the running back. Hold on, let me go. She did it all, right? So we have from the Redskins, we have Jennifer King as coach with the running backs, and then we have Kate, wide receiver coach with the 49ers. Can I go coach something? Uh, no. Do you have a resume like they do? You see that? You see, I went silent. You ever seen? Right. Hey, you seen that on Facebook when the grandma's asking the kids to go to church, and then they were talking to her, and all of a sudden they froze. <laughs> like we can't hear you, grandma. <laughs> let me froze. Let me freeze one minute. No, I'm. I find it. I don't know. Let me make up something. Let me go coach something for a few minutes. All right. I'm like, these are some bad girls. Can I get in the? Co- can Can I get in the league? It's a new world now. It's a new world. So running back, we got a running back and a wide receiver. I think I could do the QBs. What you think? Mm-mm. No. Don't My son would say, Mama, if you, I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All right. So listen, we will be right back after this with Jennifer King, the running one of the running back coaches for the Washington Redskins. What? If I could go back and speak to my younger self, you know, I think I would tell her to continue to work hard. Go for your dreams earlier. Looking back, it's kind of interesting to know where I could be now if I would have, you know, tried to achieve my dreams a little earlier. If you want it, you can get it, though. Make sure you want it, or I get it, though. It's not about being the first, it's not be the last, you know. <laughs> so you want to do a good job at this thing, and so, you know, so people in higher positions understand that, you know, women can coach this game at a high level. I've prepared uh, the past few years for this opportunity and, you know, I'm excited to step into this role. Obviously, I've made it this far, you know, so part of my dream is complete, um, but the work doesn't stop. You know, I have more more dreams, more aspirations, and hopefully one day I'll reach that goal. You know, Ron Rivera is someone who obviously believes a lot in you, and he's talked about the fact that there are, there are talented female coaches out there, and it looks like he's found one. What has Ron meant to your career? He's been everything. I mean, he, he gave me a start and gave me a chance when he didn't have to. But once I, I met Coach Rivera and started getting opportunities, you know, it never crossed my mind that I wouldn't make it back to the NFL and really, you know, working football full time. And I think that's why it's really important to start with that younger generation so they can go right into it. They don't have to defer their dreams, you know, to ultimately do what they want to do. I had an opportunity to meet Commissioner Goodell. We spoke briefly about the importance of, of getting females into positions in the NFL. And obviously, you know, Coach Lowe in Tampa and Katie in San Francisco, uh, Cali now in, in, with the Browns. I think it's it's growing. I think we're all capable of doing a great job, and I think it's we're you know the right people for our situation. The biggest thing about playing the game and coaching the game is you know you have that that validity with the guys. You know they know that you've played, and you know it really knocks out a lot of questions about why I'm there and am I capable of, of coaching because they they've seen me play. It's kind of that that you know fraternity or sorority of actually strapping on the pads and you know maybe seeing stars after a play or you understand what it feels like to hit and, and be hit and I think that's important and you know I think there's no no coincidence that all of the females now working in the NFL have playing experience. If you could look 10 years in the future and you know you keep on this this road that you've been traveling where, you know where does Jennifer King see herself 10 years in the future? Uh, hopefully still in this football thing you know that that's the first reaction making strides to be a coordinator or if I'm happy coaching a position that's fine too you know I was an assistant college basketball coach for nine years and could have left and became a head coach but I was comfortable in my role and I think that's that's important you know if you like your job stick with it it's not about chasing a check or stay, you know, always chasing goals but um, happy working in football you know that's really where I see myself. Welcome, Jennifer. Welcome. I don't know. Did you hear me in the back talking about I can come coach too? Yeah, I saw that. I saw, saw that. that. Yeah. I could do a little something. something. Okay, slap so wait a minute. I'm the interview. Huh? No? I told you, slap you upside the head. You're supposed to have my back. Now listen, DeSoto, <laughs> you. You're supposed to have my back. You're supposed to be like, yeah, go shed it. No, let me stop. All right. We're going to get into this because I heard something in the interview that there's more than two females in, in the NFL coaching? Yeah, it's actually what? five. Yeah. Oh, we got, oh, this is this is going to be a good show. So, but before we do the show, we like to play this game. We usually play Would You Rather, but today we're going to switch it up, right? All, All right. right. So, what's your favorite way to cook a steak? Oh, um, medium. 
Boy, you and my husband will get along. <laughs> Lord have mercy. What's your favorite like cookie? Oatmeal. Definitely. What? Two yeah. points over here. I'm an oatmeal girl. All right. What's your favorite soda? Uh, I don't really drink soda. Um, oh, maybe, maybe like cheer wine. You know, I'm from North Carolina. That's like a Carolina soda. They have it's like a cherry soda. It's really good. Okay. Oh. Okay. You got another one, Karen? What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, strawberry. Oh. Three points over here. What's your favorite movie? Oh, my goodness. Favorite movie. Ooh, that's tough. Um, Brown Sugar. Okay. Ah. And what's your favorite uh, music uh, rap group? Jay-Z. Easy. <laughs> oh. I kind of figured that was coming. All <laughs> right. So since we got the favorites out the way, let's jump right in. All right, Karen, you want to go on with the first question for me? Yes, I got the first question. <laughs> uh, when y'all go in the locker room, do y'all say, girl in the locker room, girl in the locker room? Because most of the time we see the guys who they, when they finish a game, they're like naked and stuff. So how do you enter the locker room? Nah, I never really had that problem. I mean, I just go on with everybody else and you know, it's not an issue. You know, that's one of those things I think it was, it was interesting. I get asked that a lot, but you know, when I was coaching basketball, I always worked for a guy and it was never... A question. I mean, they went in the locker room just like anybody else, you know, to do things. So it's never been an issue. So uh, yeah, it's not that big a deal. So you don't be like this? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's go back on the journey. Okay. So to how we got to this point. High school. Did you play sports? Yeah, I played like five sports in high school. Um, so I, I did a lot and wanted to play football, but you know, my, my mom wouldn't let me. Uh, but so I did a lot of other stuff instead. So what sports did you play in high school? Uh let's see, I played volleyball, cross country, basketball, softball, and track. And okay. then I did stats for the football team. So what did you run? What did you run in in uh track? Uh, I did the field events mainly because I was also in softball as well. So I was doing two things at one time. So I mainly did discus and shot put. And then I was an alternate on some of the uh, relays. Okay. So you go to high school. Now, did you get a scholarship into college for a sport? Yeah, actually, um, it was interesting. I got I got offered quite a few scholarships in basketball and softball. Um, and then uh, Guilford College actually allowed me to do both. Oh, um, so wow. A lot of the bigger schools didn't really want me playing both sports. You could kind of tell through conversation, yeah. um, which is understood. But, you know, I wanted to play both and um, Guilford allowed me to do that. So I went. So you go to college. Um, what did you major in? Yeah, sports management. Sports management. All right. So you go to college. You're playing softball and basketball. How did football come into play? Yeah. Was that something uh, you still always wanted to do and you just needed to wait till after college or was it something you, you know, maybe I can try out for the college team? How did football come into play? Uh, football had just always been a really big part of my life. Like since I was like five or six years old, football was huge. Just, you know, it's big in my family. It's big in the area where I'm from. And, um, you know, I grew up with football. So it, it, it was always there. You know, I just obviously didn't play um, until, you know, after I graduated from college. So now who played in the family football? Was it just something you guys watched or do who, who all played? Your dad, your uncles? Uh, no, you know, I had cousins playing and, and then just, you know, I'm from a smaller town. So obviously high school football is really big and the teams are, are really good in that area. So we were always going to 
to watch the game on Friday. And, and usually, um, you know, Saturday, you know, a lot of my family has season tickets to North Carolina a So we were, we were up there a lot uh, watching games and, you know, going to Panther games and, and anything. So it was, it wasn't uncommon to go football Thursday through Monday or, or watch football Thursday through Monday every week. Wow. So what did your parents say when you, you, your mom say, mom, uh, I want to play football. What is she, what did she say? Yeah, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, it, it first happened in middle school. You know, the middle school coach asked, you know, if I would be interested in playing. And, um, you know, I, I was excited. And, and then um, actually the high school quarterback, he actually lived like right around the corner from us growing up. So obviously he was a neighbor and he ended up breaking his collarbone. So when I told her I wanted to play football, it was like the first thing she said. And you're going to play football. You're going to break your collarbone. <laughs> <laughs> And not like a mom, and not like a mom, like they, they start seeing all the everything that's gonna happen negative, right? And they're like, nope, I'm not gonna play football. All right. So you the journey, right? So now you're you're playing um in college, graduated, and you tried out for a team. Is that how it all came about when you first playing? Yeah, I, I was playing basketball and I had the opportunity to go to uh Australia and play some basketball on a USA team. And when I got back, um you know, one of my friends had told me about like the women's football league and I knew about it already just, you know, I had seen it around and, um, you know, I kind of leaped at the chance, you know, when I had opportunity to play. So I jumped right in. Okay. And, um, quarterback, you play quarterback. Is mm -hmm. that, how did the, how was that? How did that process go? Yeah, it's actually something, you know, I've always wanted to play receiver and I did get to play receiver a little later in the career some, but, you know, I was, I've been a quarterback most of my career just because I think, you know, I have a pretty high football IQ and, um, you know, can throw the football and make good decisions. So I was kind of always play quarterback. So as a, as a, as a woman, what was the challenge like for you trying to break into the industry as first of all, playing the sport? What was that? I mean, what was the, resistance that you would get yeah I think, I think playing was a was a lot less actually just because of the league the women's leagues are so established you know they've been around for a while and obviously they're getting better and better um but there are a lot of great athletes playing and a lot of people with that was kind of like oh, okay you play and then they would come to a game and it's like oh man like this is like normal 11 on 11 outdoor football you know this is really good and they would keep coming back and you know and really jumping into the coaching part of it was you know, obviously you hear more, more naysayers there than, than playing. So what was that like when you decided to jump into coaching? What was well, the was, challenge? Yeah, it was so random just because, you know, I was a, I was a head college basketball coach and successful doing well. And, and I, um, you know, you, you mentioned Katie out in San Francisco at this time she was in Atlanta and, um, you know, I knew her and I also knew some people with the Falcons and it was just something, it was kind of like, man, you know, this is something that I could really do something that I've always wanted to do, but I was, a, I was a head college basketball coach and, you know, we were, we were very successful and, um, you know, I met coach Rivera from the Panthers and that's kind of how everything started. I mean, I, my office was literally next door to the Panthers facility. So I would see them all the time. And, you know, we met down in Florida at an event and um, we just kind of start our relationship there. Karen, you got a question? Oh, no. I mean, how do you just, automatically have that confidence to just break into a man dominant world as far as I can do this, I can call the play. I mean, how where did that even come from? 
I, I think a lot of the confidence came from coaching basketball. And I had been coaching football at some lower levels. But coaching basketball, you know, when I was an assistant, we won our, our league five out of our nine years. And, you know, when I became a head coach, um, you know, we turned the program around. I was able to win a national championship. So I think I, I had a confidence that I knew how to coach. I knew how to win and be successful. So I think moving into football, obviously it's a different sport, but a lot of things that make you successful – you know, coaching basketball, making for coaching football as well. So I think that gave me that confidence um, to make that jump. So How did you have a problem with the guys, in, I mean, accepting you, you know, because it's one thing you go in there in confidence, but then to get them to believe that you know what you're talking about, you know, so how was that transition? Yeah, I think one thing, one thing people don't realize at the NFL level, I mean, it's so hard to stay. <laughs> in the NFL. So if you can come in and provide value or, or add something that can help people get better or help them learn something to be able to stay, they don't care, you know, who you are or where you come from. And I think that helped me immediately just, just going in and being able to provide things for the group. When I first started with the Panthers, I was with the receiver group. So, you know, anything I could do to help them out, uh, whether it was pre-practice, post-practice or getting film ready for something just to save them time and um, I think I went in with that mentality that I wanted to be missed whenever my time was up. You know, I wanted to do a lot. So when I left, people were like, dang, who can do this now? You know, and, and really, really kind of make my make my mark um, on that on the program. And I think I was able to do that. So now, how, go ahead, Karen. Do okay. you have something? I, I was just going to say your, your your title is offensive quality control. What is exactly is that? Yeah, actually, I'm an offensive assistant. Um, so part of my job is quality control, and part of it I work with the running back group uh, now with the Redskins. So quality control essentially is, is making um, film cut-ups and putting things together as far as our presentations, our installs. Like right now we're doing our installs virtually, um, installing our offense. So um, a lot of the things that we do and a lot of things that we show the guys, I help put those together and um, kind of do the run game stuff as far as the uh, the installs go and then obviously work with the running backs. I do a bunch of stuff with them. So, um, Coach, oh, so Mr. Cornish asked, what type of advice did Coach R Rivera give you coming into your, um, going into your first position with the Panthers? I think one, one of the biggest things he always told me was, you know, obviously make the most of the opportunity, but but also stay ready. Um, and, and that's one of the things I did. So even when I left the Panthers initially, I, I kept preparing myself to at some point go back, even though I didn't know if I would or not. So um, it's, it's so important to stay ready and continue to develop your craft uh, sometimes in, in things that you may not even see yet. Um, and, and I was able to do that. And that's that's one thing he still talks about to this day, just to, in general, just always staying ready and being prepared. So mentally, you know, how did you get them? How did you get the men to respect you? and take you serious it's like what were the conversations like did did you have some that kind of was like yeah she's not gonna be here for because you have you know how sometimes some men even in coaching whether it was basketball where they're like okay whatever but how did you really get them to take you very serious what was your conversations with them like yeah I mean it, it was it was really smooth which was kind of surprising to me as well but I, I think it was important that I was always in good good situations. Obviously in Carolina, Coach Rivera and his staff were amazing. 
Um, and the guys were amazing also. And then as I moved around to other teams, it was the same thing. It was always good cultures, which was important to be around. And, you know, like I said, with the guys, you know, how, how can you help them? That's all they care about. And, yeah, I think a lot of – of course, I'm sure there are some guys that maybe wouldn't show why I was there, but I never had a problem with anybody in my group that I was working with. You know, we, we, we have conversations – uh, you know, about all types of football stuff and also conversations about life in general. So, you know, I was able to build really good relationships with them. And, you know, obviously that helps the coaching aspect as well. So usually on the show, we talk about mental um, stability. Mentally, how has it been for you through this process? Is there's times where you're like, okay, I just, I, I want to give up or is there, or is it times like, man, this is pressure. You know, I've got to always be there. I've got to always be sharp. You know, they're depending on me to be that coach that is there all the time. How has it been mentally for you? Um, I mean, it, it's been OK. You know, I think um, I've always been one of those people that have always wanted to do really well in anything I was doing. So I kind of have always been an overachiever, you know, in, in a way. And, um, you know, it's no different in coaching football as well. I want to do a really good job. And everything that I do and, you know, I want to make sure everything that I put together is correct and right and um, just just work at a high level. That's one thing about working in the NFL. You know, the standard of everything is so high, you know, um, because the margin of error is so small and wins and losses in the NFL because everyone's good. So, um, you know, anything that I do, I just want to do a really good job at it and and um, kind of let the work speak for itself. So now during the COVID situation, how has it been? Yeah, obviously it's different just because, you know, we, we've been meeting virtually. Um, so it kind of sucks, but it, at least we have something, you know, we were able to install stuff. And, um, you know, the part I hate is it's hard to build those relationships, you know, with, with the players through the computer. You know, it's not the same. Um, but as far as the X's and O's and stuff go, I think it's been, you know, as good as you could have expected. How has this, how's, how has mentally, how has it been mentally for the athletes? Yeah, I mean, they seem to be doing okay. I mean, I think a lot of them kind of like it just because, you know, they're at home, <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> out versus now, you know, we would normally be in facility and, and going outside and, and working on things. So, um, you know, the biggest thing for them is just being able to stay in shape and, you know, whenever this ends, come prepared and, and ready to roll. That's okay. kind of thing, you know, they're at home, so you don't know that they're prepared. But usually, you know, this is around the time you guys would be having – Camps, camps and stuff and showing up. So that's really going to, uh, I know I've been at home and eating and eating and eating because I've been <laughs> in the house. So I'm just curious on how the athletes are going to be when they show up. Yeah. yeah. We, went, we you really, really Go got to understand that, you know, they're pros. This is your job. So, I mean, if they come not prepared, there's a lot of people that would love to take their, their spot, you know. So I think that's one thing that at the professional level that, that kind of always drives people, you know, you can be here today, gone tomorrow, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we interviewed um, Sunday a, a women's NBA player, and she was saying, you know, she's training. She goes, but I, it's challenging because her mom and dad is always cooking. She goes, I cannot <laughs> stay out the kitchen, you know. And so even my son is like, man, he's, we're always cooking and grilling, so I know it's a challenge, so you have to mentally um, prepare yourself for it. So what is the talk now? dealing with the reopening for the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of uncertainty right now as far as, you know, when we get back in the building. I think that's the main thing. Obviously, our schedule is out and 
you know, we're preparing for the season, you know, you know, to play it. And um, but really, we don't know when we'll be back in the facility. Obviously, things are going well virtually. Um, so I really have no idea, you know, when we'll be back in. But I mean, we're, we're making the most out of it. Everyone's in the same boat. Miss um, King asked, how odd was it for not to visit pro days for the players? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that kind of sucked um, that we weren't able to do that and um, you know see some people that that maybe not uh, was seen. You know, I think our scouts do a fantastic job of seeing people, and you know, if you can play, they know who you are. But you still want to get those measurables that we were able to get at the combine um, from some people that you didn't get those measurables from some people. Um, you know, being there in person without pro days. Oh. Let me ask you this: How? You know, even in high school, it's all about if you go to a big school. And yeah. most of the time, it, they always say that you don't get seen because you're in a small school. And that's, you know, kind of have crossed over to college. As far as a big college and a small college, the bigger colleges get seen. What advice would you give to an athlete that is at a small college that want to be seen by, you know, the NFL team? I mean, I've, I've always said, you know, if you can play, they'll find you, you know, and, um, you know, there's a lot of talent out there, but I mean, our scouts are everywhere. You know, our scouts are at small games, you know, that you may not even know they're there, but they're there. And, you know, one of the, you know, the Patriots first round draft pick this year was from a small D2 school. He was a cornerback, you know, they found him and because he could play. And, you know, I think instead of worrying about those things, just worrying about perfecting your craft and playing, you know, hard, playing the best you can. And, you know, it's a good chance somebody will find you if you're really good enough, you know, to play in the NFL. Okay. Now you Sorry. said the scouts will find you. So that means uh, I can sign up to be a scout. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the process. You know, I don't know. If, I can't, if I can't coach, how are you going to be a scout? <laughs> and, and I want to say sorry, Mr. King. I, I saw the picture and I just said Miss King. So my bad. <laughs> but, yeah. How are you going to? Um, no. Well, I can recognize the it factor. If they six seven and three hundred pound, mm. that's the it factor. Mm. That's the easy one, though. That, that ain't what you can mm. to find the ones that's not like that. <laughs> what she say? If they six seven, they mm, yeah. there she go already about to mess up because you fit. I mean, don't lead you guys go about measurable out. Don't lead the short people out because I have seen some short people play some ball. So everybody ain't got to be the six. You know. Six, they have to be those measurables, though, you know, hey. Um, okay. <laughs> no, you can't scout. You can't scout. We're just going to stick to can we talk sports. <laughs> so, okay. Now, as what advice? Now, do you go out and do motivational speaking to other young um, women that was thinking about coaching or playing football? Um, I hadn't. It's kind of crazy. I had a few things set up until – this happened. <laughs> so those kind of got um, canceled. So we'll see if um, I'll have time to set those back up. Um, obviously during the season, it's not a lot of time for stuff, but um, I'm hoping to be able to do that some in the future. So the question is, is there a lot of concerns regarding potential injuries since we haven't been in organized camp football or and or football shape? Well, I mean, I, th I guess that's always a concern, um, but, you know, that goes back. Hopefully the guys are are working out and I'm sure, you know, obviously we're not together as a team, but a lot of people are, are you know, are working together teammate wise. So, you know, and obviously we can't be a part of that. We don't even know what's going on, but I've seen, you know, Tom Brady getting together with his guys and, you know, I assure you if he's getting together with his guys, pretty much everyone's doing something. So, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll be in as good a shape as possible when we get together and, you know, we're not going to jump right in 
you know, the first day we're going to build people up and, you know, so we'll be ready to play. So will it be harder to bring in free agents from college this year? That's the other question. Um, I mean, it could be just because, you know, there's maybe a few questions that you don't have and um, possibly, but that's, I'm not sure. You know, a lot of rosters now are filling up uh, for training camps, you know, that, that 90 man roster. So um, I think you know, it'll be interesting to see when some of those are cut down, will some free agents be brought in that maybe weren't drafted or, or from the college ranks that didn't have pro days or, you know, from smaller schools. So how are you guys going to incorporate the stay safe, the six feet stay safe um, distance, distancing? How are you guys going to incorporate that? Yeah, I have no idea. That's why we're not <laughs> building right now. I mean, and that's why, I mean, obviously training camp doesn't start till almost August. So I'm sure by okay. then they'll figure out whatever we're going to do. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll roll with it then. Yeah, but I really right now I have no idea. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine if you had games and nobody was in the stand? How do you think that would affect the the whole football experience? Yeah, it's it would be crazy. I mean, actually, when I was in working in the AAF, we had a scrimmage in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio with no fans, and it was like the weirdest thing ever. You know, to have a real football game and no one in the in the stands, and it was it was bad. You know, just, you know, not what you're used to. So hopefully, you know, we can work something out, but. You know, whatever we can do safely, obviously, is what we're going to do. It was interesting. Karen posted something. Was it 1930? Was it 1918? 1918, where there was a pandemic then. Mm -hmm. And there was a picture of a football team, and they were in masks. And I just thought that was interesting. They were they still played the game, and they had fans or the coaches, and everybody was in masks. And I'm like, that. how is that possible even now to do that? There's there's That would be impossible, right? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, obviously now, you know, um, we're we're much further along medically and technology, but I have no idea. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, that was, that, I saw that. I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, yeah. I don't want. I told somebody, I was like, I'm, if I'm in the stands, I don't want a mask on. I need to yell. I need you yeah. to hear my voice. I need you to hear your voice. You got fifty thousand people. They can't hear your voice. They will hear me. <laughs> Listen, I need you to hear. I need to hear touchdown. First down, hit him, get the ball. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I, I don't know if I could do the mask thing as a fan. That would be hard, you know. So, um, this is good. Okay. The, the next question is, um, I, I lost train of thought because I was thinking about me being in the stands getting mad. See? <laughs> I started getting mad thinking about that because my daughter plays AAU, so that's going to be interesting. We just got All an right. email that yeah. they can go back in June. So that's going to mm -hmm. be interesting because in the AAU um, around this time, they're playing like the Sweet 16. And I mean, it's crowded. You have scouts from colleges everywhere. So that's going to be interesting how they're going to do with the, you know, the parents coming and watching the game and and things like that. So if you're going to tell me I got to wear a mask, oh, I'm going to have a fit. <laughs> she needs to hear me from the stands. No. What's Who your average day during the season? <laughs> That's a question that came up. Um, it kind of it kind of depends on the day. I mean, I guess just an, an average day. It starts early. You know, we, we work really hard. So we'll get in the office 6, 30, 7 o'clock and, you know, usually have a team meeting around 8. And then um, maybe an, a quick individual meeting with our group and go out to practice. And we'll come in, uh, maybe have time to eat and shower. And then we'll watch that uh, meeting, watch film as a staff offensive staff and then we usually watch it with the guy offensive team 
then we'll go back to our positions and watch some more stuff and go over some some small things. And um, after that, sometimes the guys leave. Sometimes they'll stay around to do maybe a walkthrough later. And, you know, the coaches will still be there preparing for, you know, whoever we're playing that week or, or whatever we're doing the next day. So usually, you know, you get out 10 o'clock or so. So um, you're there a long time. <laughs> so <laughs> that's part of the job. It takes a lot to, you know, to, to be successful and put a good product on the field. So, uh, you know, everyone's doing the same thing, trying to, to get better every day. And, uh, you know, everyone's putting in a lot of work during the season. And, and even now in the off season, I mean, we're days are much shorter, but we're still, you know, doing a lot of preparation for the upcoming season already. So what's what has it been like for you during this time? What is what is Jennifer King doing during this um, situation? Yeah, a lot of the work has been um, preparing our our um, the run game and our install. So when they show the team or show the position groups and install that everything's there. So as far as pictures and descriptions and things I'm putting in, and then um, we'll have our, our meeting with our running backs, and that'll last about an hour and a half, two hours. And from there, I usually do some film stuff. Uh, right now, I'm working on you know some base blitz stuff for some of our opponents we have coming up uh, in the season. So we're already working on on things for, you know, teams we're not playing until October. Yeah. So you guys still have, you, the NFL still has some time. Oh so, yeah. Let's see how this is all going to pan out. Go ahead, Karen. So what do you do outside of sports? You know, um, I mean, I, I just love sports. So, you know, right now I still play football, I play some flag football. Um, like, I like music, you know, I like to hang out with my friends, maybe shop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Shop. You like to shop? Of course. Who doesn't like to shop? <laughs> oh. So you take some wind down time for yourself. So as coaches, do what is do what is your days like as coaches? Like, do you guys get together and just like, okay, we're not gonna talk about sports. Let's just enjoy life as coaches. Do you guys ever get together like that and go? I don't even want to talk about a game. I don't want to talk about this. I just want to enjoy life, enjoy family and things like that. Yeah, I think it's important to have that balance. And, you know, when, um, you know, not that long after I got here, you know, some of the coaches we went off for dinner and just hung out and chilled. And, you know, that's important to build and building the camaraderie with your staff, but also getting away for a little bit. But, you know, usually when we're in the facility, you know, it's mostly football. So um, <laughs> that's our job. So that's, that's kind of what we do. So I heard your daddy's girl. Yeah. <laughs> so what was this like for dad? I yeah, know, his, I mean, chest, I yeah. know his chest is all out. That's my daughter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that's my girl. I know he's like that, right? Yeah. I mean, both my parents, they're super excited. And, you know, like I said, I'm from kind of a small place. So obviously, you know, they're, they feel like they're big time around the little town. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but um, nah, I mean, they, they've been fantastic. You know, my whole journey just from growing up, you know, sometimes as when I was like, 12 I had three different practices after school and my mom made sure I was at every one of them and you know they always supported me and came to a bunch of games in college and football games and everything so um you know they've been amazing this whole journey and obviously they're they're super proud now so what was the conversation like with dad how did he encourage you when you were walking into all of this well, I mean, I mean, by the time all this happened, I was kind of, uh, I was grown, you know, so I was making my own decisions. So, you know, I let him know what was going on because actually when I took my first full-time professional job in the AAF and with Arizona, you know, I left my basketball season at Thanksgiving. So we were already playing. So obviously I, you know, I just mentioned it to them. And I mean, ultimately it was like, you know, do what you want to do, make your own decision. And, 
you know, I think that made it a lot easier for me to take that leap um, of faith. And, you know, it's worked out well for me. So what has your faith walk been like through all of this? I mean, it's been crazy, you know, but I, I think that that helped me so much in, in my journey just because I, I don't worry about, you know, what's going to happen or what's next. I just kind of go with the flow and know that I'm going to be okay. And I think that's that's one thing that um, has allowed me to have the confidence to do a lot of this is I'm not worried about things. Just like, you know, I was a head, head coach, you know, coming off a national championship season, and then I just left in the middle of the next season to go coach football. And everybody's like, what? Like, what's going on? Like, what? You know, but they didn't understand. Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't afraid. Like, I just felt like I was going to be okay. So um, I think that's one of those things that that faith really allowed me to just, you know, take that leap and, and know that I'm going to be okay. Your so faith you, is amazing. Oh, it, it is. Her confidence is, is wow. It's it's truly, it's, it's actually inspiring me because I love how she said, I wasn't worried. Like we worry right. about so much. We worry about, okay, what are they going to say? Okay, what are they going to think about me? And we yeah. make a lot of decisions people pleasing. Yeah. And it's from the sound of it, you never yeah. made decisions people pleasing anybody. It was like, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to step out and do it. And it's not, I'm not here to please nobody. This is just, this is my journey. This is my chapter. You know what yeah, I mean? And absolutely. so, wow. I think that's very important. You know, like, you know, they, I forget who said it, but, you know, they say faith of the guardrails of dreams, you know, and, and that's kind of, it's kind of what I did, you know, and I think I encourage anyone to, to really chase after what they want, no matter, you know, how crazy it may sound and, you know, they, you know, people not laughing at your dreams. They might not be big enough sometimes, you know, so um, have that have that faith. And I mean, you're putting that work in to make it happen. It's not like you're just stepping out and not doing right. anything. But, you know, it's super important to, to be happy and, and don't end things with regrets. So um, I can't imagine a regret I would have if I wouldn't have taken that first job in Arizona. Wow. Yeah. And then the fact that you are the first African-American. How I mean, that right there. You, I mean, your name is going to be, your legacy and your name is just going to go on and on and on because you took that leap of faith and now you're the first. You're just like Obama, the first president. <laughs> now you're the first. <laughs> Only I mean, on Can We Talk Sports with Karen, right? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You, the, you, broke, the, you broke the line, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy and it's, you know, stuff like that I never really think about. And but obviously it was brought up a lot and, you know, it's still being brought up a lot. And I think it's one of those things when I'm done and, and look back is when it'll really be special for me. Uh, you know, right now in the moment, I'm just I'm grinding, trying to do the best that I can at what I'm doing and not really think about that stuff. But, you know, look, I think down the road, that is something that will really be special to me. Wow. Encyclopedia book. Yeah. <laughs> or the Wikipedia, you know. Oh, Karen, no. no, but that's it's very encouraging. This is inspiring because it's like I said, it's just a and if we all would think like that at whatever we're called to do, whether I don't care if it's a doctor, attorney, sports, write a book, whatever. If you get to the point, I'm just not gonna worry. Then yeah. you know, and and you can see it on you. You know what I'm saying? You could just yeah. see it on you. It's like I have no, I'm not. Yes, there's things come up you get concerned about, but just that automatically weight down, I'm not worried. Like, right. I'm going to take this step and flow with it, you know? Right. And and even if it, it seemed like it was the wrong step, you're still not worried because you're going to fine tune it to make it right. Is, right. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I mean, I think it, it's so it's what's so important is to know that you know, even if you fail, you fail forward or you know, fall forward, you know, mm-hmm. you where you want it to be. And, you know, that's that mindset that I had. I think I always had that mindset from a, a young age, you know, even playing sports, I was always that just super competitive and, and confident in what I was doing. And I think it just helped me so much, you know, moving into my professional life, just having that same mindset and that same drive. Um, and then you start realizing that everyone's maybe not wired the same way and not really built like you. So that's when you kind of try to take advantage of it, you know, just because you have that drive and, and that motivation to try to get things done. And that was one of those things um, that definitely helped me, you know, in coaching basketball and now football as well. So have you had anyone say you have inspired me that watching your journey, that they've taken steps in areas that they maybe was afraid to take steps in? Yeah, that's, that's been the crazy part about it. Cause really, you know, I, I really wasn't too interested in sharing my story or, or doing a lot of interviews and things like that. But then, you know, once people started reaching out, just saying, you know, the impact that they had, I felt it's kind of important for me to get, you know, that, that story and that journey out there. I do feel it's way more important now. So I'm trying to do everything that I can just to share it. Um, Cause you never know who may hear it and it may motivate them. So I think that's important. Uh, for me to do now. That's something that I, you know, I don't really take that lightly anymore. That's so what would you say to a bunch of young females, young girls in high school, college that are, because there are a lot of women have now paved the way in the sports industry. Um, We actually interviewed a couple dip that played professional football. Um, You have women now wanting to that's playing football in high school. Young girls are now playing football in high school and, and now you coaches, women have opened the door um, to the possibility of women now coaching in the NFL and possible, possibly in the NBA and so forth. So what would you, what would your words of encouragement be to them that is sitting at home going, I, I, I think I can do this, but they just never really seen it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, representation matters. And and what I always talk about with the, with those, the kids and, and even people that are not kids anymore is just, you know, put a plan in place to do it. You know, if, if there's something in the back of your mind or something that you really want to do, a passion, um, go after it, you know, and I, I think, you know, you, you'll be happy in the long run. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be not going to be bumps in the road or, or people saying that you can't do it or, or trying to make it hard for you. But you have to understand that your motivation, you know, has to be really strong and your drive has to be really strong to accomplish that. And that's that's one of those things. All this kind of started um, side story from, you know, the Hidden Figures movie with Taraji P. Henson and oh, that's a good movie. Black females that work for NASA. And, you know, after the movie, I'm so inspired and I talked to my parents and, you know, they tell me that I'm actually related to Katherine Johnson, who Taraji played. And they just failed to tell me this my whole life. And and I think that that really drove me into football. And I think, you know, watching that movie and one thing I always share with people is really just be so good that you can't be denied. And I think that's what they did in the movie. And that's just something that I've always tried to carry from that. And I tell people that all the time. It's just, you know, if you're if you're really, really good at what you want to do, it doesn't matter. You know, with what maybe you're a female or, or whatever, it be so good that you can't be denied. And I think that's super important. Wow. I like that. Be so right. good that you can't, can't be denied. Be denied. Wow. I think that that should be like a plaque in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it up on the wall for all these athletes. To have. Be so good that you can't be denied. I, I love that. So um, 
Go ahead, Karen. You got a question. I just think, you know, right now, the power of sharing your story and your journey is so yeah. powerful. And, you know, me growing up, I never knew anything about hidden figures, but the fact that somebody made a movie, uh, you know, for us to see it. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that. And right. so now you're sharing your joy. It is power in sharing your, your journey because, I mean, it will help somebody else because they will be able to see, see that somebody else has done something that, that can inspire them to do, uh, you know, to move forward. So I appreciate you starting taking interviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought it was important. And, you know, this is just, you know, a small part, you know, my journey, all the other things that I did. And, you know, it's been crazy. It's been a wild ride. It's, I definitely didn't just pop up, you know, here. It's been a long journey to get here. Yeah, I, I love what my husband says about the movie. He said um, after he watched it, he goes, we don't realize how powerful women are. You know, mm -hmm. they are really they came alongside and helped put a man on the moon. They to help. And when he said it, I was like, whoa, he goes, it was three women who put mm -hmm. a man on the moon. He wow. goes, we don't realize how powerful you are. We're always, it's always you have men who are like, women are down here and we're up here. But if you let them work, which if you let them join with you, then we can send you to. The sky's the, moon. the limit, huh? The sky's the limit, right? And yeah. so when you said that, I was like, wow. wow. You know, there's so many yeah. women who are teachers. You know, teaching is majority women. Coaching is teaching. It's a form of teaching, yet it's mostly men, you know, which is interesting. I just thought that was something that was always interesting. But it's a balance, right? Because women are nurturers. There's, there's got to be a balance, you know what I'm saying? So as you're coaching, there's a nurturing side that's automatically there. There's a teaching side. You know, men, I've seen some of the men coaches, boy, they be going off. They be cussing them jokers out, right? So, but it's like, there's a, there's that side where you, you come in, you're like, all right, listen, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And they're like, oh, okay, I got it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it balanced. It's like, you're helping the coach, like, like the movie, they came alongside the man and helped put a man on the moon because he couldn't figure it out. So here they come along with the formula. It's the same thing. So it's, I think people are always looking at women trying to take over a men's job. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. think women are trying to take over a men's job. I think okay. they're just coming in and saying, Hey, I see something you've missed. Let me help tweak it with you, not take over your position or act like I'm better than you, but I see something you might've missed and I'm just here to help help you, you know what I'm saying, figure it out. I don't know. What is your take on that? Yep. I think that's that's extremely important to, you know, that fact that you're not trying to take someone's job. It's just you can add value um, to the team. And I think that's something that the the coaches in the NFL, mm -hmm. the head coaches that have, you know, have women now on their staff, Coach Arians in Tampa, um, she, you know, Shanahan out in, in um, San Francisco and um, the new coach in Cleveland with Cali. And I think they see the value that you know, women can bring, you know, and it's cool about women. It's not just any random, you know, woman. It's people that have been around football and have a resume in football as well to do that. But I think it's so important that they have that vision to know that, you know, what, oh, you know, a woman can possibly bring to the table. Yeah. So we're going to mm -hmm. go ahead and take this last question for, um, for a player. The games get faster at every level. Is it the same for coaching at the top level? 
Yeah, I would agree with that because you know I was I was with the Panthers, and then like this past season, I went to I was at Dartmouth uh, College, which is D one football. But it's at one point it was almost like it was slow motion when I went back to co the college level from the NFL. You know, things are happening a lot slower, and you know, a lot of a lot less movement going on, especially with the defense and disguising coverages and things like that. So it's definitely a difference at each level, you know, you go to. And that's one of the amazing things about the NFL, you know, especially at field level is just the the size and speed, you know, of those guys. It's amazing, you know, and it's super amazing to be able to work with them. So what did you think about the XFL? I mean, I was pulling for it. You know, a lot of my guys that I coached out in Arizona in the AAF were, were members of the, the XFL as well. So, you know, obviously the NFL only has so many spots and, you know, there's so much talent. I'm always pulling for, for other leagues that allow people to get paid to play football, you know, and mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm hoping something, you know, it kind of comes back from the ashes just to give those guys another opportunity to play. Cause you know, they're good enough to get paid to play football and, you know, everyone can't play in the NFL or the CFL. Yeah. It was yeah. a good league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked it. It was, it was kind of fast paced. I, it, I mean, they were seriously hitting. I was like, Oh, I think I kind of like this XFL <laughs> thing. So yeah, I was kind of bummed out when they had to file bankruptcy, but yeah. hopefully, yeah. Um, and I felt be felt for a lot of those players because here was an opportunity. Like you said, a lot of them didn't get to go to the NFL, but they still got to play what they love, mm -hmm. you know? So hopefully something, you know, they'll figure out how to bring it back. And so, and we but, got a uh, chance to be on the sideline. Can oh we talk to was on the sideline? <laughs> Karen was on the sideline like a kid in the candy store. Right. Was like, I didn't go because I, I wasn't able to go. So when she went live, she's like, I'm on the sideline. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, y'all. So. You know, can we talk sports is we're not, you know, we're not here going all about the stats. We just like yeah. to talk about what others don't talk about, you know, family, yeah. ups and downs as a coach, as a person, you know, so we're, we're, we're silly. It was so funny. Yeah. She was a kid in the candy store on that sideline. But um, listen, Jennifer, it was great having this interview before we leave. Give Can you give a word of encouragement to those that are listening, um, those that will watch the show? Um, do you want to share something? And then tell us if you think Cam Newton is going to get uh, uh, a job. Okay, I'll do that. Oh. Part. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I think he'll you know he'll land with someone eventually. He's a great guy, man. I love Cam to death, man. It was a pleasure to be able to work around him in Carolina um, for you know those two seasons I was there, and you know I'm definitely pulling for him. But you know, um, you know, kind of that last word for me is always just know that you can do it. Um, don't take no for an answer. You know, um, you know, and especially during this time, you know, they always say, you know, the, the tough times don't last, but the tough people do. And I think that's super important right now with everything that's going on to, you know, everybody's going through their own struggles and keep battling, keep fighting. And we're all going to come out of this. OK. All right. Well, we're hoping to see the NFL come back in full force. We're, oh man, they're gonna play like never before. If they're <laughs> able to, you know, they're they gonna come out swinging. They're gonna come out like, listen, we went through. I'm about to let all my frustration out on this. Everybody <laughs> going to the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? So that's gonna be that's gonna be exciting. And the fans, I'm telling you, around here, they are like Texas fans are like, okay, I need some sports. Like right here in the cul-de-sac where I live. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh, Karen, they are they are Dallas fans. This cul-de-sac oh, okay. is really? like. Dallas, right? So I got to tell Big Mama. But anyway, they were all around here talking. They're like, I am going crazy without football. Right. Like, not, you know, watching the mini camps, finding out what's going on, who's the who's who. 
they're sitting here, they're like, I can't take this anymore. We got to do something. <laughs> so I tell you what, fans are going to be excited to uh, finally have some football in the air. Mm -hmm. Right? Who's your favorite team, Jennifer? NFL team. Is that a real question? Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to Just because you play, work for them, don't have to be your favorite team. Oh, no. Just won't even answer that question. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I got you. She, you know she had to be fresh. <laughs> Well, you could have been raised as a Dallas fan. You know, your daddy was, I mean, Dallas Cowboy. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. Once you start working for teams, you know, you don't have that. that. Before you work for any teams, who was your team? Who was yeah. your dad's team? Well, okay, we're going to do it like this. Who was your mom and your daddy team? You ain't got to <laughs> uh, Because growing up, I actually was a wrestling fan. And then the Panthers came when I was a little kid. So I moved over to the Panthers because they were the local team. And um, you know, it's kind of crazy that I, you know I've been able to work for both of my favorite teams growing up as a kid. So you know, it's been cool, but but definitely the Redskins are my favorite team. You know? <laughs> so, there's no hey, so who's your mom and daddy team? They they rock with who rocking with me. So hey, I'm the same way. So when my son went to Kansas, I didn't really watch. I was a 49ers fan, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna be Kansas fan because he had Kansas, so I'm gonna rock where he rocks. So yeah, I understand that. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. So anyway, thank you, Jennifer, for coming to the show. This has been thank great. So me. listen, everybody, young women, be inspired. Don't give up. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you put your heart to, don't give up. Go for it. Trust it. And not even just the women, just young people, period. I know this COVID is hard. I know right now it's challenging. I actually met a young lady who was like, I lost my job and I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like she had no plans um, where she was working was all she had. But I want to encourage you, find your creativity. What is it that you originally wanted to do when you were young? Now's the time to go after it. Don't give up. Don't let this situation stop you. Don't let this situation block you. But like she said, go for it. Be the best you. I always say, leave your mark on the field, no matter what you do in life. Let them know who you are and why you're there. So this is your girl, Shannon, at Can We Talk Sports. I'm here with my host. Karen. And we just had a great interview with Jennifer King of the Washington Redskins. We will be back next Sunday with a defense analysis Sunday. Oh, yeah. no, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, I'm sorry. Thursday. We'll be back Thursday with a defense anal analysis. I think that's what he is. Anyway, so have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye.